It's that time again, Church Online people. It's time for the Church Online podcast. We're here today with uh, someone I don't need to tell you who it is because he is all about self-branding. Dave <laughs> Addison is so on the So not true, right? Kenny. That is so not true. <laughs> today, we're with Aussie Dave. You can find him on Insta. On Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter, at Aussie Dave. Come on. At Aussie Dave. Um, are you on TikTok? I am. At are Aussie you... Dave. <laughs> are you on MySpace? Are you on LinkedIn? Are you on LinkedIn, the latest social network? I am on LinkedIn. Did you say the latest social network? I have. Yes, it is the latest social network. Everyone else is like doing their own thing, and LinkedIn has woken up in the last couple of years finally added live streaming we could be live streaming there now dave i got permission to live stream on, on linkedin um wow it's starting you, you can tag people now on linkedin this is a new oh, thing about time. so it's like the adults are learning a thing or two but it is actually a great place and we should talk about linkedin some other time but today to the search tech podcast where we talk about linkedin <laughs> <laughs> Uh, today we're going to talk about digital discipleship, a yep, little bit are. serious topic, but something that it's like, um, well, we got to define terms first, Dave, right? So when we say digital discipleship and we want to say we want to disciple people, um, we're probably talking about digital tools, digital resources, digital platforms, but that's a lot of like uh, jargon going on. So we're going to talk about yeah. that today, Dave. Um, what what do you really mean by that? Can you can you define digital discipleship? Let's just get on common terms before we head into today's conversation. Yeah, well, you know the the idea of discipleship is not new, so we all I think we all know what discipleship is. But you know, just from a clarification point of view, you know, I always look at the idea that Jesus told us to make disciples um that's part of our mandate as a church that's part of our mandate as church leaders um francis chan has this great quote where he says that um jesus told us to make disciples but we just make excuses as to why we're not <laughs> making disciples it, it's a great quote right because i and i think it's a great quote because i think it's true i think this is the reality you know discipleship is that idea you know especially from a first century um jesus centric uh, Hebraic background, the idea of the Hebrew. Tell us, tell us the Hebrew word. What's the Hebrew word? The Hebrew word is Talmud, which we typically uh, refer to as a disciple. It's often translated as student, but I think it's more accurately translated as, um, as apprentice. It's somebody who's an apprentice of Jesus. That's what a disciple is. A disciple of Jesus, somebody who's apprentice he's apprentice now how do we do that in the church well we need to be in relationship with with people first and foremost that's how you know i think the the, the main emphasis of being a disciple is having that close intimate relationship with people and being able to track with them that's jesus's first century model of discipleship mm. he spent 24 7 for three years with these three with these 12 young men uh teaching them everything there is to know about how he outworked how he lived out the story of the Bible, how he lived out his faith. And so that's what discipleship is. Now, people will often say, well, you, you cannot um, um, uh, disciple people via online. And my argument back would be, it's not about whether or not you can or can't disciple people uh, online, but for reality's sake, you can use digital tools to enhance 
the discipleship process. Mm. And we see Paul using the technology of his day to do exactly that, to disciple people who are far away from him physically. He did that through letter writing. And in the modern day church, we can do exactly the same thing if we're willing to leverage the tools at our disposal. That's that's interesting. You know what's funny is that I am fundamentally on the same side of you, but there's something about you, Dave, that just puts me on the other side of the table instantly. And I'm trying to figure out why. But here, I'm trying to like break it down and try to poke holes in what you're saying. But here's the question I have right now. So like, do you think Paul would actually say that he's discipling people through letters? Like, I don't think that's, that's, is, that's not what he would say he was doing when he's letter. You, Use that example. I've I've used that example, right? And people, pastors who are digitally native that are in the church online space have used that type of uh, story and analogy example. Yeah. But do you really think that's what he would actually refer that to? Is like, is that what he's doing? Well, when you hear, there's two two parts to this. I think first of all, you know, whenever I talk about Paul leveraging the technology of his day letter writing to teach people about God, which is part of his discipleship process right? Part of the process. People will always push back and say, yeah, but God, uh, but Paul had met those people. He'd established those churches. Mm. Yes, for sure. He had. And this is the point. It's not about doing everything online. It's about using a model that integrates the best parts of online and on-site. It's about taking something that is a physical relationship relationship initially, and then leveraging the technology of our day to enhance that relationship ongoing. Do I think Paul did that? 100% he did. Do I think that Paul would say he did that? I totally think he would, because he did it. And then the Colossian church, (laughs) don't even talk about those, because, you know, when he wrote to them, he said, I hope to meet you one day. Yeah, he was teaching them about God all the way along, and he hadn't even met them. So, you know, there's... There's a couple of different arguments there, both of which I think prove that you're wrong. <laughs> well, here's the question. I think there's no doubt about that he's teaching and he's sharing. I think the question is, does it precede discipleship or is it supplementary discipleship? And I think this is okay. the real question, Dave. So, like if we're going to, instead of taking the, that premise to stress test it, to say, like the question I think is, is there really anything qualitatively missing when you compare offline to in-person discipleship? I think what you're doing by setting up that argument is you're diametrically opposing the two things. Like there's Mm. either an online option or a on-site option that they're the only two options. I think there's a third way. And I think we see Paul leveraging this. The third way is to integrate the two things to integrate on site and online, online being the technology of our day. This is what I would argue Paul did. You look at Timothy, like Paul's most um, closest quote unquote disciple, right? Somebody who he mentored. Physically, they traveled together, you know, around that part of the world. Um, So that's going to build that physical bond. But then he still chose to wrote Timothy letters to encourage him and and increase that, um, impart more of his knowledge about what it means to follow Jesus to to Timothy via letters. To say that it's either one or the other, I think this is the issue that we face in the church today is we diametrically oppose two things. It's like the church only thrives when we have an enemy and we make online the enemy of physical church. And I think that that's where we go wrong. That's where we miss. And in the in the process of missing that, we throw out any innovation. We, we, we make innovation the enemy. 
because if if the the if there's a platform out there like TikTok, for example, that the world picks up and the world starts using, then we're more likely to make that an enemy of the church because the world is using it. Why aren't we using it? Why aren't we using these tools to, to enhance what's happening physically? I'm not saying that you can only disciple people online. I'm not saying that. I think it's a combination of both. As I've, as I've been through a discipleship process, having an online access to the people who are discipling me has enhanced the the authority the influence that they have over me so that's where i think we 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 start to mix things up when we push when we we compete and we we force one to be against the other that's really interesting i would say the other question i have here is if you are saying that digital discipleship is real and again i think we got to put it in the context of culture right it's real it's real it is real um, 39%, I think it was the stat I saw, 39% of people today um, have been in a committed relationship or has married someone that they met, first met through a dating app or site, right? Like they actually yep. started an online relationship and they went offline, um, you know, and I don't know, something, some over three quarters of the people uh, have gone on date with someone that they've met with an app today. That is reality in today's yeah. world. And yeah. I think there was a study recently I read that um, people who meet and marry that started from an online dating app relationship are less likely to divorce than the people who met in person first, which I don't know what that says, but that's very interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Um, but um, if this is literally the state of culture, and then again, with social media, more and more of our relationships are conducted through virtually mediated channels yeah. today, yeah. right? Like no longer so many times, even in the same city, you'll opt to FaceTime someone versus actually going yeah. out to meet them for coffee, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so then the question is then in terms of, you know, digital discipleship, can it replace physical discipleship? And then when I'm a church leader trying to disciple something, instead of using the in-person as the actual default um, and seeing what's missing, I would, what if we flip the question? So what if we actually did this digital discipleship with people first? What are the other things that would be supplemental that we would try Mm -hmm. to augment through other ways versus the digital virtually aided medium activities that are involved in that process? What are the things that need to happen in discipleship that have to be in person or outside of this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so let me start by, let me start answering the question this way. I think that uh, physical relationships are the catalyst for discipleship. I, I, that's a hundred percent what I think, but I also know that physical relationships are enhanced through digital connections, you know, to use mobile devices, for example, or, or, you know, uh, zoom cameras and, 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 um, video calls, things like that. What that does is is it gives us digital proximity to the people we're closest to. Kenny, you and I have been friends for ages, but I haven't seen you in six months or or four months or so because I'm in Australia, you're in the US, but we talk every single week. Um, That's leveraging technology. We text all the time. That's leveraging technology. So there's little things like that that become an important part of our relationship, but such an important part of our relationship that the technology doesn't interrupt interrupt that anymore right 
The technology but, doesn't but, get in so the way. It actually I... enhances what we're doing. And people, the reality also is, Kenny, that people are increasingly using digital tools to build spiritual foundations. This is like, this is a known thing at the moment. You know, Barna research in March, 2020 showed that 38% of Christians use social media to enhance their faith, to, to grow their faith. They leverage yes. social media to do that, 38%. Now, I know when I first started talking about that, a lot of churches were like, well, can, can that really, 38%, that's not right. 38% of Christians also say they leverage books to grow their faith. And nobody's saying, well, you know, reading a, a Craig Rochelle book is not the same. No, everybody loves, like nobody's saying don't do that. So so it's already a part of their spiritual foundation. All I'm saying is the church needs to tap into that and leverage the technology that we have to 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 grow people's faith by staying in constant contact with them. And that is best done. The most efficient and effective way to do that is by leveraging technology, whether it's WhatsApp text, uh, iMessage, Zoom calls, social media posts, comments on, on people's Instagram accounts. Um, those are the sorts of ways that a church, or more specifically, a church leader can leverage online tools to enhance that discipleship process. Discipleship is not a six-week course, course that you do at your church, and then you come out the other end and you're a disciple. Discipleship is an ongoing process. It's that idea of an apprentice. And if you're an apprentice chef, you're learning from the master chef how to do what the chef does so that you can become a master chef as well. That's the idea of an apprentice. If we're apprentices of Jesus, then we're trying to do what Jesus did. And the best way for us to be coached through that process is to have somebody constantly in contact with us. And the best way to stay in contact with people in the modern world is online tools, technology. I'm actually wondering, like, apprenticeship. Can you be an apprentice from afar? Because I actually think in today's world, the and the thing, you and I are nerds about community and I wanna, relationship uh, Finish your question. I was going to interrupt you, but finish your question. Right? So apprenticeship. I'm thinking about apprenticeship. Can you do it from afar? The, the part that comes down to the physical stuff is not the presence. It actually is that it's the lack of ability to actually physically show somebody um, how to do something. No, uh, wrong. that's 100% wrong. Uh, you look at YouTube today. People, when they want to fix their car, they go to YouTube. When they want to fix a faucet in their house, they go to YouTube. If the dryer is broken and they need to, people go to YouTube. They, they, they okay, so then what's missing? What's missing from the how to fix my car? They, they literally watch a video, learn how to do it themselves. And this is, this is the modern this is the modern world. But to the extra part of your point, which I think is actually your point, you can show people how to do things through video. You, you literally can. I could show you right now how I get such good lighting on my videos right now, but doing it via video actually enhances that process. But I think, <laughs> I think what you're asking is, and, and this is what I think you're really asking, is that online relationship authentic? is that online relationship the best version of a relationship? My answer is twofold. First of all, is it is it better than in physical relationship? No, no, it's not. 
No, you know, scripture talks about this. You know, my joy will be made complete when I'm with you, Paul writes, right? So we've got one thing. Hey, that's good. I can write you letters, but it's way better. And my joy is more complete when I'm with you. So, so no, I, I think physical is better. I had much more fun when you know, I'm with you in Atlanta and we're going to a Korean barbecue place and we get to laugh and muck around. Like I, I have much more fun doing that. And my joy is much more complete. But to say that people aren't authentic online is, is misinformation because there was a study done out of Stanford University in 2020 that showed that people are actually more authentic online. They're, they're less likely to lie online than they would in person. Sure. So, so people are, I would argue that people are actually more authentic online. And so it allows you to have that uh, deepen, deepening of relationships, but certainly not saying that digital relationships are better than physical relationships. No, in person is, is way better. I'm just wondering, like, we keep on arguing and we can, I don't know if the word is concede, but we keep on defining that says, hey, of course, a physical in-person relationship is, quotes better. But I'm wondering if we've gotten to the point with technology that an online relationship is enough. I don't think it was five years ago, Dave. I don't think it was 10 years ago, no, Dave. I agree. I don't think it was largely also because this pandemic has changed things where Video conferencing wasn't available 10 years ago, but no one knew how to use it. And it has finally been yeah. popularized. Yeah. Um, and so now this, and it's getting easier and easier and easier. Like my wife is literally going to jury duty via Zoom this week. That mm. completely changes things. Yeah. And so, um, and, and you can see the inefficiencies and frictions and that process has not been worked out yet. But yeah. for the people that are digitally native, for this generation that has grown up after 2000 and what that after the iPhone has been invented, yep. that FaceTime is real. Um, I'm wondering if we are at the point where you can disciple sh someone online. Is it enough? Like, can you actually have a robust conversation? And I'm wondering, like, even your, your conversation that you just said, where you had a better experience, was it, um, because we were together. Yeah. Um, is it because we just had a shared experience? What if you and I were eating the same thing on the other sides of the camera, other sides of the globe, and we we had the same things in front of us? So we were, we were both at a, you know, eating Korean food and with the same type of yeah. uh, cooking style, etc. Yeah, would that have simulated that in person experience enough where like you, you don't need to? I don't know. I, that's the question like I'm asking right now. I feel like we've now flipped sides and I'm arguing, I'm arguing for <laughs> physical relationships and you're arguing for digital. Yes, exactly. Um, no, but here's the thing. I just go where I'm right and you're wrong <laughs> at the end of the day. I think you realized my position was right. So now you're coming across to my position, but pitting me against myself, which that's a whole other thing. Look, I, I think some relationships can be, to your point, can be as good as they get. Uh, from the digital point of view, you know, does does your wife need to be physically present in the jury, or can she do that Zoom? Well, that's a short term relationship. I think of a more intimate relationship, the relationship you have with a with your GP, right? Now during the pandemic, we saw that why go into an office where I can get sick in the waiting room before seeing my my GP when for a lot of things I could probably just see my GP 
via Zoom, like, and those medical chats really took off during the during the pandemic. So hang on, hang on, I'm not finished. I think the more intimate the relationship gets, the more you need that physical presence, because I'm not going to be able to parent via Zoom. I'm not going to be able to have a marriage that's thriving via Zoom. The more intimate the relationship, the, the relationship, I think, the more you need that physical connection. And then I think the dynamic of the relationship, right? Explain that. What do you mean? So again, I think for, so again, I'm a proponent for digital, but I actually think jury duty in particular is something that in person needs to happen because it isn't just the transcript of what the stenographer is a stenographer. The stenographer is typing away in the transcript. It is the nuances of voice inflection. Um, you know, my dog got stung by a bee, you know, you, you literally, the, the jury makes their decisions based on more than just the text of the transcript, right? You're putting and a that, bee on trial? Is that what you just said? <laughs> I was making reference to a landmark case in 2022 when this is, podcast is being recorded. Um, I think, can I, can, I, can I build out your point a little bit? I would say, yes. and again, now we're flipped again because now I'm arguing for digital. If I, if there was multiple cameras, that's when you could make that. Because I think one of the things, if I'm sitting in a jury, I'm listening to the prosecution or, or the defense, yeah. but I'm also yeah. looking at the witness. I'm looking at the defendant and I'm trying to gauge yeah. body language of them. So I think I would need multiple cameras to be able to track yeah. where I want to look. Does, does that make sense? Rather than tracking just the person who's on camera. Yeah, and technology is only going to get better, right? It's, it is kind of like the fully immersive experience right now. YouTube Live has broadcasting, 360 is broadcasting, where yeah. um, we could all be watching the same YouTube 360 video, but I could control the view of the room, and yeah. you could be watching the same video, and you're watching the front of the room, I'm watching the back of the room, and yeah. that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, technology has mm. to definitely catch up. So what totally if, get what that. If, what if um, jury duty was done in the metaverse? With that's what I'm saying. Like, is there a point where is that is that it's going to be enough at some point? And then I think, again, getting back to my point of the dynamics. So this week, um, last week, I had um, a blood exam labs. They took my blood for blood tests for my doctor. And this Thursday, I actually have a visit. Usually I go in person. But this week, I'm meeting telemed, like you said, because the content and purpose of that meeting is not examination of me. But interpretation of results on a paper, yeah, right, yeah, and so there the fidelity doesn't need to have this mm. immersive three d shared experience type of stuff, but rather for the purpose and task and objective it is, so the, I'm getting back to like what is the purpose and objective or the dynamic of discipleship that needs the, I'm wondering, do you really need physical in person presence, or can it be done a hundred percent digitally like and again, it doesn't i'm not we're never making the argument this is better than in person. That there's some other standard yeah, that totally. in person great, but I, I is would, it good enough? I would still argue. That's the question. Yeah, I would still argue. I, I think I would still argue at this point, and and as of 2022, you know, second half yeah. of 2022, I would say we Correct. still need that physical presence uh, to mm-hmm. at least kick off or to enhance what's happening digitally. But what I do love about you know digital discipleship strategy is not a solely online experience. I think that's my bottom line here. In 2022, second half of 2022, a digital discipleship strategy is not solely an online experience, but these online tools 
they give up, they, they're able to enhance that process because of a number of things. First of all, they give us increased access to people. Secondly, it, it seamlessly integrates into my life on a, on a basis, on a way that um, I can't do in any other way. Um, and then it makes the, based on this Stanford research, I would argue it makes communication more honest and effective, which is a key part of the discipleship process. So I would say there's wins. I would say at, at the moment, digital discipleship is a more enhanced experience than purely on, uh, on-site discipleship, purely physical discipleship. I would say that integrating the online, integrating the technology, integrating apps makes it a more enhanced, robust, more like a, tw- a first century um, strategy of discipleship. So I would say at the moment, we're at both. Could it move to the point where it's just one, like online? Maybe, but I don't think we're there yet. That's a good uh... That's a good cap to the conversation there. I think it's it's um, important to flag that yeah we are having this conversation in the second half of twenty two. Yeah, I think that that distinction is important uh, as practitioners in the space because I think things change so rapidly. Um, totally. But my my question is like, I think the point of the question is something that we as digital leaders have not pushed in terms of agenda enough. Like we're always on the defensive. And so we're always saying, hey, it's not as good as in person. But I would argue that many churches, if not most, many churches, their in-person discipleship strategy, their plan, their experience from mm. the church coders experience is lacking quite a bit. And so when we're pitting online versus hybrid or digital version of discipleship, I'm like, it's not fair to have that. You, you're comparing something against some high lofty ideal that if churches hit the mark majority of the time, that might be one thing, but <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're comparing totally it to something do. that almost doesn't exist in so many different places. Totally. And this is where it goes back to that Francis Chan quote, right? Jesus said, go make yeah. disciples. But so often we just sit and make excuses. Like we make excuses as to why digital won't yeah. work. And we compare it to this standard that does, doesn't does exist and hasn't existed since the first century. That's what I would be arguing. But we can uh, fulfill Jesus's first century mission to us using a 21st century model. Mm. And that 21st century model incorporates both, integrates both online and on-site, physical and digital. That's something to think about. Let's, um, I, I feel like we have to go back into our corners of the rings to regroup for the next round. <laughs> uh, this is actually a good place. I think we need to pause. And actually, I would invite our audience and our listeners in the community to actually chime in. Because again, as you can see, there is no right or wrong answer. We're all on a journey together. Mm. Um, despite Perfect. how much I know I'm right and you're wrong, there <laughs> is some leeway for this gray area in between. Uh, um, so I'd on. love for our readers and our audience to chime in and let us know where you agree with me. Um, I think that would just be fantastic. <laughs> so anyway, uh. we're going back to digital discipleship versus <laughs> physical in-person. And I, I, my question I'm positing today is, is it enough? Like, mm. does it does it Ask the test. Yeah. And if so, I think that opens up a whole other choose your own adventure versus if yeah. it's just a 
handicapped version um, that mm. you're trying to compare to in person. It's good. Um, so anyway, that that's the that's I think where we're going to end it today. Um, I've had a fun time sparring with you in the ring. We should just change the name of this po- yeah. podcast in the ring. Oh, with Dave like and Ken that. in the ring with Dave and Kenny. <laughs> MMA time to ring the bell. Brilliant. Um, maybe, but maybe anyway, every um, episode should start with a ding, ding. <laughs> that, that might be a fun way to do it. Maybe we um, could just call it ding, so- ding. <laughs> ding, ding. That, that might be a good, that might be good. Right, I'm just drinking my coffee here. Yes, sip your branded coffee while I do the outro. So, folks, thank you so much for listening to the Church Online Podcast. We are excited to explore topics like this at Church Tech Today. I invite you to give us some feedback, insight, questions, challenges. We want to hear some accountability back on some of the things that we are discussing throughout this entire series. Um, But I will say one of the things that has been a joy is to work with my conversation partner, Dave Addison, here. Dave, just one more time, where can people follow up, uh, follow you, um, start to disagree with the things that you're putting out? Ah, all could it be? On all social media, I am Aussie Dave, A-U-S-S-I-E, Dave, Aussie Dave. Okay, and then for me, it's Kenny Jang on all the socials and Church Tech Today as well. As you can tell, we're opening up a new chapter here at CTT, and we'd love to figure out how to up the game for digital ministry, digital discipleship, and all the things that come with it for you and your church. I'm Kenny Jang. We'll check out here next week on the Church Online Podcast. Remember. Well, I hope you found value out of today's conversation. This podcast is made possible by our friends at Faithlife. Faithlife has been using technology to equip the church to grow in the light of the Bible for 30 years. Since 1992, Faithlife has developed a full suite of church management tools, academic study resources, smart digital books, and Logos Bible software, all part of its integrated ministry platform that automates tasks and simplifies workflows. For more information, visit faithlife.com. Till next time, remember, be social, stay social.